This episode is brought to you by Visit Williamsburg. In Williamsburg, Virginia, there's never too much of a good thing. Whether you're a foodie, a golfer, a history buff, a shopaholic, an outdoor enthusiast, or a thrill seeker, you'll find what you came for here and more. So ask yourself, what is it you want? Discover Williamsburg and plan your trip at visitwilliamsburg.com. Deck maintenance isn't fun. Move the furniture and barbecue, sand and prep, paint, seal, or get a low-maintenance Trex deck. The only color fade you'll have to deal with is watching the sunset. Trex, the world's number one decking brand. Great form by you hitting play on this podcast. Now, check out Same Racer, the brand new racing app for Same Race multi-tips. Same Racer. Download from the App Store and Google Play. Powered by Bluebet. Gamble responsibly. Call 1-800-858-858. Really looking forward to this uh, interview um, for a number of reasons, uh, actually, because Ross Taylor's new book, Black and White, is out. It's one of the most anticipated New Zealand sports autobiographies in years. In fact, it's a biography uh, written by Paul Thomas. Amongst other things, it recounts the saga that saw Taylor replaced as captain by Brendan McCullum. Of course, uh, that was very well documented, or was it? And also details the experiences of racism that uh, Ross Taylor has encountered in cricket. Now, Laura McGoldrick, of course, is a cricket commentator, a presenter, uh, so busy with uh, Sky TV at the moment, got her own radio show, mum of two, uh, two, and it's an interesting point as well, which we'll raise, with her husband away playing cricket. Had an in-depth sit-down with a very good friend of hers, uh, Ross Taylor, yesterday on Sky Sport, Uh, and Laura uh, joins us now. G'day, Laura, how are you? Hi, Smitty, thanks for having me. Hey, listen, um, so uh, keen to talk to you uh, about this because uh, clearly there are revelations in this book I knew nothing about and I thought I knew Ross pretty well. Uh, He's been harbouring a few things for quite some time, hasn't he? Yeah, he certainly has. And um, yeah, like you, Smithy, known him for a long time, not as long as you, but there was some stuff that surprised me as well. And I think um, having spoken to him, um, you might have seen the interview I did, um, Mm. he, he was surprised at some of the stuff that people um, uh, talked about because he got input from yourself, uh, Brian Waddle, John Buchanan. He was surprised with some of the things that they they had seen during the time that they hadn't told him, uh, especially around the captaincy. I can think of um, that surprised him as well. So it, it's it's a great read, and it's it's got a lot of good stuff in it too that happened in his career, um, which I enjoyed reading as well. Okay, uh, since his time um, away from cricket, and it's only been a very brief time as such uh, in international cricket, um, knowing him, do, do you feel as if uh, like a, a weight's been lifted a wee bit off Ross? I think yes. I think um, for him and knowing him the way I do, it was probably really hard to watch the Black Caps in England uh, in this last series just been, where we lost 3-0. I think that would have been hard for him because he, he did love you know representing New Zealand. I think that he probably feels now, having spent particularly the last few days with him, um, he's been waiting a long time to tell his side of the story. So that's probably... Um, a nice feeling, but also probably quite scary to bring it all back up again for him. You know, it's, there's a sense of vulnerability when you tell your story. I know you wrote a book, Smithy. You know what it's like when you, you put yourself out there into words, black and white, on pages. It's a, it's a little bit daunting for him, I'm sure, as well. Um, but, yeah, I do I do feel like a, a weight has lifted. He, he, he recognised um, that it was time to, to move on, and he's moved on into a a different space, You're not into cricket. He's he's um he's got a, a, an office job two days a week now. So he's he's yeah he's he's definitely ready for this next stage in his life. 
Okay, so um, about the captaincy side of things, um, you, you mentioned I wrote a book. I didn't have, and I had a career, but it, never ever did I have anything removed from me and uh, to, to the level of uh, losing the captaincy of my national team. Um, a lot of people would have walked away from the game. Um, I think there was a, maybe 24 hours, 48 hours, maybe a bit longer when he thought about perhaps doing that. Uh, but uh, his ability from that point onwards to do and achieve what he achieved, knowing what was in the back of his mind this whole time, uh, is quite interesting. It's it's interesting, and I think you know he should really he probably didn't get the credit he deserves for how he managed to pick himself up and still find ways to go out there and and be part of the team and win games for his country. It takes a lot of guts and it takes a lot of work, I think, um, mentally. You know, he had a lot of mental skills coaches, a lot of people he leaned on. I know he leaned on you as well, Martin Crow, another. It takes a lot for a... Because it was a horrific time. He really... He was a very unrecognisable Ross to this young, cricket-loving, happy boy from the bush, as he describes himself to see him go through what he went through, just even as a, as a friend, not even as a cricket fan. That, that, that's a lot. So he, he it, I hope he gets recognised for what it must have taken, the inner strength it must have taken to get up and to play cricket and to break as many records as he did. And I think he, he talks a lot about how Martin Crow set um, goals for himself, um, goals for, for Ross to achieve, which he was able to do. And I think that became a, um, a driving force for a period there for him to, to be able to go out there and play cricket for his country. And as he says... There's only one New Zealand cricket team. Mm. Well, one other thing that uh, has um, hit the headlines uh, since uh, your interview and since uh, the book has been um, launched, of course, is uh, the racial side of things. It's not an issue that we openly want to talk about much in life, but the fact of the matter is we perhaps should do and talk about it a wee bit more. Um, uh, and I understand he's, he, he took some of the stuff out of the book because uh, of the fact that uh, people that may have been involved uh, are still around the scene and that that was a revolution uh, that that I knew nothing about I've got to say and I certainly knew nothing about that either Um, so I was I was surprised to hear that it's not something that um, I was expecting to say the least so um, yeah I I'm sad to hear it you don't like to think that that's happening and um, you know as Ross said it's, it's only two pages in the book but he did it's part of his story so he had to talk about it um, and hopefully you know it gets better and, and that's the thing we all keep learning and growing and changing and evolving and he can only hope that that you know through talking about it, it gets better. What did uh, Martin, uh, husband Martin, uh, of course, who was one of Ross's uh, in playing terms anyway, still is, but was in the dressing room one of his only confidants, really. Was he ever saying anything about that uh, to you? Did he, did, he ever, did he ever notice anything like that? No, no, he's never said anything to me about that, to be perfectly honest. And I guess, I, I don't, I don't maybe, maybe he didn't notice, maybe, it, I, I don't. I honestly, I have never even spoken to him about it. And we're on bloody different time zones at the moment. It's hard to get anything going. Um, uh, so, yeah, no, I haven't I haven't spoken to him about it, but he never mentioned it before. So, um, well, yeah, I, um, I, I, yeah, I don't know. I'm not, yeah, I don't know how to answer that one. No, he, he, he never mentioned it. <laughs> okay, so um, you think Ross will now find, um, because obviously it's quite emotional, et cetera, do you think Ross can find um, happiness around cricket or do you think he'll have to move away from cricket as such? Well, one of the questions I asked him is if he still loved the game and, and loved it just as much as when he started, despite, you know, some of the some of the hurdles he had to get over in the process. And he said, he, yes, he definitely does. 
um, and some people in the team, um, some players had asked if they would have he would mentor them and things like that. So I think he's still going to stay present in the game, but it's probably not. It's an emotionally taxing game at the best of times, but to do it for the length of time that Ross did, he probably a step away from the game wouldn't be so bad. So you can remember all the good things as well um, as it's slightly challenging. So um, hopefully um, he'll come back and help in, in, in other ways and we might see him, I don't know, do some coaching, although he's, he's never said to me he wants to coach, but I imagine he'd be quite a good coach. Mm. Oh, I think he'd be quite a good, uh, quite a good mentor, actually. To be perfectly honest, yeah. um, one of the, the things that have, has been of interest this week, and you can speak with authority on this as well. Of course, uh, Trent Bolt has retired, Laura, from or basically retired from Test cricket. Uh, the way I see it, anyway, he's going to play some white ball cricket if uh, time permits for him uh, for New Zealand. Uh, one of the reasons he cited, of course, is uh, you know wanting to spend more time with his family. Now you're in exactly the same position on the other side. You're the wife and the mother. Uh, of a player who is still away and, and has been away for quite some time on this particular uh, little uh, trip they've been on. How do you guys cope? Uh, how much pressure is it? Um, well, look, I think everyone's different. Um, for me, there's probably um, different pressure on me because I'm you know, still working and, and doing the mum thing. And it's just, it's, it's probably, people say, you know, oh, it must be so hard on you. But it's actually probably harder on the boys because they're away from their growing family and, and things like that. I mean, you remember what it's like, and it was you know even different again when you were playing Smithy. You, you you miss a lot of a lot of normal going to kids' parties, you know, birthdays, weddings, funerals. You miss a lot of those things, and I think that that must take a toll. It's hard on on us, um, on the partners who, who are, are here, absolutely. But I I don't think it should ever be taken away from the boys who are out there playing. Um, how hard it must be on them as well. But you know, Guppy and I have always been realistic. We know that. Um, you know, to play, represent your country is a privilege and he loves doing it. And as long as he loves doing it, he'll continue to try and do so. And, I, you know, we just make it work as a family and we're so proud of him. And at the end of the day, like I said earlier, it's it's not forever. So you best make the most of it while you can. Yeah, family's important for people to, to lean on in that regard. Um, and, and that, uh, just going back to the book um, momentarily too, was... Uh uh, his relationship, uh, and this is this was um, of interest to me as well, uh, with Martin Crow, the late Martin Crow, was a good deal deeper than I ever suspected it was. Oh, they have a they had a very complex, beautiful relationship, as I think only you can have with um, the late Martin Crow. He was a you know he was a he was a unique character, and they definitely had a, a very special relationship. Um, to have the Ford written by him was. Oh, I mean, I, I don't know if you've read the Ford Smithy, but I could uh, there's a lot of dust in the eye there. I could barely get through it. It was um, it was really moving. And Ross said that, you know, when he said to Hogan, um, you know, would you write my Ford knowing he didn't have a lot of time left? Um, Hogan said to him, well, I was going to write it anyway. So, um, which I, I really enjoyed that story. So, yeah, they had a they had a beautiful relationship. And, you know, that whole that whole journey with him, um, and you know, obviously, him passing away was a lot, a lot for Ross, and I think I probably underestimated just how much. Mm, absolutely, uh, I, I did too. I mean, uh, <coughs> so clearly uh, emphasised uh, uh, brilliantly by uh, Paul Thomas, who's done a good, good uh, job writing the book as well. Of course, um, Laura, we can't deny the fact that the Black Caps are on tour. You've just mentioned it, of course, uh, up against the West Indies at the moment. Uh, pretty good performance uh, in game one. So, uh, what do you think the feeling is uh, over there? What, what's uh, what's the old man saying? Well, he's no, he's he's loving it. Um, he he said to me, "Oh, I forgot how 
how fast some of those West Indian boys can hit a ball. And by crikey, if you were watching the, uh, the last couple of overs of, of that matchup the other day, they can hit the ball a country mile. And they bat so deep, and they're all capable of, of just absolutely smashing boundaries, which makes a great viewing. But I imagine a bit nervy on the ground if you're one of the bowlers. So, um, no, Gunn's in a good space. The team seems in a good space. I mean, obviously, they've got a really exciting... Uh, a couple of months coming up, what was with the T20 World Cup in Australia and getting so close last time. Um, surely we have to get across the line in the final, you know, not just the World Test Championship, but maybe in the white ball format as well. So I like to think all good signs for us. And, and you know, they've got the likes of Finn Allen and, and Michael Bracewell over there who have, been, have done so well, did so well on the European Tour and, and Michael Bracewell obviously in those test matches in England. So it would be nice to... Um, you know, it's nice to see that they're um, bringing in some new players and they're obviously getting themselves organised for that T20 campaign in October. I had a couple of texts in uh, already this morning while well, I've been talking to you, Laura, to say, is Ross going on a book tour? Is he? I, th- I think so. I think Victoria just wants him out of the house. He's been home for too long. So um, <laughs> I think she said it's time for you to get on the road. Um, no, I, I do believe he is. I think he's. I think next week the tour, tour starts and he's going yeah. around a few hot spots and you can go get your book signed by him. So it's a different tour than Ross is used to. It is. Uh, he doesn't like uh, being out and about as such. But, uh, of course, once you write a book, of course, uh, you, you lay your, your heart open and... Uh, People want to come and uh, talk to you, meet you, and uh, hopefully buy your book as well. So the book is black and white. Uh, the interview with uh, Laura McGoldrick and Ross Taylor uh, was on Sky yesterday and uh, will be replayed, and you'll be able to see it on various forms of the media as well. An hour-long interview, heart-to-heart, uh, heart, uh, from someone who knows someone very well to someone who answered uh, the questions very well indeed. Hey, Laura, hey, cool. Thanks for your, for your time this morning. Um, and for just uh, letting us know a little bit more in depth about uh, the man that you know and love. Um, and I'm not talking about Guppy here, but just by the by, I was talking more about oh. Ross, uh, <laughs> incidentally. Uh, so, uh, love, as, love as a brother, uh, as, a, as a close family member, shall I say, and Ross Taylor. It's been cool talking to you. Have a lovely weekend, Laura. Hey, thank you so much for the You're a Legend. Appreciate you having me on. For logbook servicing you can rely on, you need to make the right choice. You need trained professionals who are fully qualified to service your car according to manufacturer's specifications. For real peace of mind and a nationwide warranty, book in or book online at repcoservice.com.